At the end of last week's episode, I'd mentioned that this episode, episode 40, was going to be special. Now, they're all special <laughs> in their own way, um, but there was gonna, I was going to have an interview, basically, um, with a, a very key player in the miniature world industry, um, but that's, that's just got a slight delay. So it is still on the cards, um, but it's going to be later on down the track in, in subsequent episodes. So this one's still going to be special, but it's about weathering. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. G'day guys, my name's Eero, this is my show Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast and this is episode 40 and yes, that's right, talking about weathering, one of my, oh actually not one of, it is my all-time favourite step to painting miniatures. According to the Geological Society, um, which I'm not a member of, there's three types of weathering. There's biological, chemical and physical. So let's break those down, guys. Come to think of it, I reckon there should be a fourth, and that's psychological weathering, because I've certainly met people, worked with people, who have worn me down with their craziness, with their, oh my God, just driven me absolutely nuts. You know what I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, crazy. All right, so uh, let's start with, let's start with biological. Okay, so could be things like living organisms. They can contrib contribute to a weathering process in many different ways. It could be like a um, like a tree growing and its roots are sort of busting through a concrete slab or, uh, or through some rocks or something like that. Could even be like um, bacteria or algae. Is it pronounced algae or algae? I think it's algae. We have to bloody look that up. Um, growing on something or moss, even that kind of stuff. Growing on a rock, on a like uh, on a slimy river bank, um, or attaching itself to the hull of a boat and making it sort of look, um, you know, disgusting. I suppose in a way, or covered in barnacles or all that kind of stuff. Could even be like some white ants or termites that have um, eaten into some timber work or something, and you can see the holes and see it like sort of falling apart. So uh, yeah, that gives you an idea of what biological weathering is. Chemical weathering, you know, could be um, something affected from affected by water or oxygen or carbon. Um, you know, you think of things like rust, for example. That's the that's the big one for me. One I just learned about is acidification. So you've probably heard of acid rain. That's the uh, basically the combination of water and sulfuric acids and nitric acids um, from things like burning of coal and fossil fuels or even uh, like volcano eruptions. So all of that can, you know, seriously weather some things. Is this a bloody science lesson or is it a podcast about miniatures? All right, keep your hair on Scab Rogers, mate. Um, all right, last but not least is physical weathering. Now, that could be um, literally the weather. So it could be a rain, hail and shine affecting buildings. Um, but it could also be like a, um, 
Uh, like if a car slammed into the side of a building, then that's damaged. That's weathered both the car and the building, I imagine, and hopefully not the occupants inside. Um, so, yeah, so an actual physical act. Um, it could be, you know, the scuffs and the sword marks on a shield or something like that. So that's, that's classed as weathering as well. What's it all about? How does it relate to our hobby? Well, I mean, come on, guys. How does it not relate? Um, if you're anything like me, I, I, I have to weather things. I think I've mentioned this before, maybe several times. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I can't paint like a shiny warrior in, like I can't paint a, a knight in shining armor, for example without having some dints or scratches or dirt or dust or something on him. You know what I mean? Like it it just doesn't compute. It doesn't it doesn't feel finished unless I've done that. And I think what it is thinking about it um I think what it is it adds that little bit more realism to the miniature or to the model or to the diorama um because I think like we <laughs> if you look around the world Everything is pretty dirty. Unless you're going into a museum and looking at, I don't know, uh, a display of jewellery or something. <clears throat> Everything, although if you put that under a microscope, I'm sure you'd see scratches. Anyway, what I'm saying is, generally, you look around and there's dust. There's, in my case, there's lots of grass clippings and oil and petrol and, and dirt buildup. <laughs> you know, um, you look at cars, unless they're in a showroom and they're absolutely pristine, Generally, you're going to drive it out onto the road five minutes later, you've got dusty tyres, you know? It's it's just kind of a part of life. We live in a world that is dirty, very, very dirty. You know what I mean? Like, everything is. So when I'm looking at a, a model, a model tank or, or something like that, I, I'm looking for that realism. And you might have the nicest decals on there, like really the numbering and the lettering all lined up perfectly, um, you've got the most perfect paint job um, you've done some sort of camo scheme and it's like historically correct and it looks absolutely schmick um, but if it's if there's no weathering at all I just think well is this in a showroom somewhere like and I know and we've touched on this before I know that a tank crew has obviously got to look after their vehicle and make sure it's pristine as much as possible but even if you are absolutely anal if you're an anal tank driver tank crew member you're still gonna get some weathering because like i said like the showroom analogy as soon as, as, soon as you drive it out it's gonna get some dust on it so i'm looking for that i'm looking for those little scratches the little bits of dust build up or, or dirt build up in the in the tracks or the wheels or or, or even a little dint and then that just goes that just tells me that it's not a model does that make sense <laughs> it does to me. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't even need to be excessive weathering. I like <laughs> I like a bit of excessive weathering because, well, for example, I like orcs, so it's sort of part and parcel, but I'll talk more about that soon. Um, but I think subtle weathering is almost better because it's even more realistic. Like, um, I quite like model planes. I've been looking at a lot of model planes lately. I haven't made, I used to make them when I was younger, but I haven't made too many in recent years. And the ones I have have been more orky sort of stuff. But anyway, um, 
But you look at model planes and they've got like the, the, the most faintest of sort of scorch marks from the engines, from the jet engines, or they've got the faintest little greasy sort of trail coming from an engine part or something like that. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a plane person, so I don't know all the ins and outs around a plane, <coughs> all the terminology. Excuse me. Um, but uh, even in between the panels, so the metal panels, or well, plastic, but metal panels on a plane, you can see very, very subtle sort of grime buildup. And I think that's clever. And I think if you can nail that, I think that that just oozes uh, realism. One of my favorite hobbyists, and I did a hobby spotlight on him back in the early days of this podcast, I think it might be in episode nine, is The Imperfect Modeler. Uh, he's predominantly a, a miniature painter for display purposes, and um, but also builds dioramas. Whether he's doing a um, a diorama or a little uh, or one miniature on a little podium thing, a little plinth, the base work that he does is is exceptional, and the the level of weathering just is is just spot on it's like the cherry on top of the cake and reading his blogs and things like that he's taught me that subtlety when it comes to weathering is is such a key thing now like i said i love my my orcs so uh, if you know anything about orcs you know it's it's well over the top or not at all, <laughs> which that suits my personality. So <laughs> I like that. But as I say, reading uh, the Imperfect Modeler's blogs and things like that and, and looking at his photos of his models, I've sort of taken a lesson from that and gone, okay, so if I'm, if I'm painting just a cowboy or a soldier or, or uh, a knight or something like that, subtlety is the key. And unless, of course, you know, He's been mangled <laughs> by a steamroller or something. That's completely different. But if you're just painting, you're just painting one soldier. It might just be a a, a, a marine sergeant or something. He's just standing there. Then you kind of, you know, you want to maybe give him a, a, a slightly disheveled look. He might be a, have some stubble. He might have some dust on him on his boots, and he might have a bit of grime on his on his um, webbing and his his pants or something like that. But that's you know it's subtle and it's and it's just enough to make the viewer, the person looking at the uh, the miniature, go, wow, this is believable to me. Now, as I mentioned before, and as I'm sure you're all aware, I'm quite fond of orcs. Um, the name of this podcast and my my blog and my Instagram might give it away. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I love me some orcs. Why? Because they're well over the top and extreme in everything they do. They build something, it's extreme. They kill something, it's extreme. They have some weathering on their on their tools and, and vehicles, it's extreme. So now for me, uh, what happens with when I'm painting the orcs and I'm doing the weathering, that's a perfect way for me to practice. So like I said, subtlety is everything when it comes to everything else other than orcs. Um, so, so what better way to learn than going over the top with it initially? and then sort of uh, reining it back in a little bit, you know, or not a little bit, a lot. But, but, but learn the skills by slapping on a whole, like, okay, okay, okay. 
So for example, I've been painting, uh, I've finished it now actually, uh, which I'll be posting online soon, so check it out soon. De Red October. This is a land ship built from the, I think it's called the Gloom Tide. Uh, ship terrain from Games Workshop and also a, uh, an orc battle wagon. I sort of combined the two and made it into this unique kind of weird contraption. It's cool. Anyway, it's got some big metal panels on there. And um, what I did, usually I would go the other way around. So usually I would say the the panel is red i would paint the panel red a uh, uh, panel red and then um and then i would do some usually like a, a dark brown like a dryad bark i think it's called and then stipple that on around the edges and then stipple on some um some shiny metal color whatever that case may be um that's usually how i would go about it but this time round, what i did was i painted the whole thing a metal color first the whole panel a metal color first and then stippled on the red and then kind of blended the um the scratches into the red if that makes sense very hard to explain but I wanted to go sort of more extreme with it. I wanted to go a lot more scratches and a lot more um, uh, rusty bits and stuff like that. So it was it's well over the top, and it but it look it looks looks good because it works well for orcs. And as I was doing it, I was basically honing my skills i suppose i was as i was doing it i was learning well oh, this is a bit too much but it works for orcs uh the uh, next time i do it on a tank or something like that i wouldn't go as overboard but this kind of technique works so what i'm saying is is that practicing obviously always practice makes perfect but if you go if you throw yourself in the deep end and just go nuts with weathering and throw on, you know, pigment uh, dust and stuff like that. Um, oils, go crazy with oils, um, go crazy with washes and and whatever you want to do, like just throw it all on. Whether you're doing a monster or something, I did the, I did this a little bit with um, the God of Taint I did a, a month or so ago, a couple of months now, I think. Who's that? Oh, it's bloody scab rock coming towards me. It's all right, guys. It wasn't Scabbrot. It was just an elf, but I uh, I stood on him and squished him. When it comes to weathering, just have fun with it. Like, go a little bit overboard here and there, but then learn by that and then rein it back for the pieces that really don't need that much weathering. Because like I've sort of said all the way through this podcast, subtlety is is quite key when it comes to weathering, unless you're doing orcs. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast! The hobby spotlight this week, folks, is on Nick Makes Models. That's N-I-K, makes, with an S, models, with an S. All one word, type that into Instagram and you'll find him. Now, talking of planes, this guy's got oodles and oodles and oodles of pictures of planes, of model planes that he's uh, he's built, painted and weathered. Uh, his more recent one, as of, what are we in now? We're in at the end of October. Happy Halloween for all those people that like Halloween. Um, his most recent one is a Sea Fury, which I believe is a uh, fighter from World War II. A Hawker, is it? A Hawker? Yeah. Anyway, uh, check that out. Check out all the other pictures he's got of his planes and check out, pay a, a special attention to the weathering that he does, because this is what I'm talking about, guys. It's subtle, but it's absolutely spot on. So that's Nick 
N-I-K, makes models on Instagram. Go check him out. Hey out there, this is Mark A. Morin. Check out my Instagram page at markamorin84. And if you really want some cool stuff, check out my blog at markamorin.com. I know you'll like it because you have impeccable and excellent taste because you're listening to the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. Stay tuned for more Madness from Hero. I had an email from Sammy. Hi, Sammy. How you going, buddy? Um, he wanted to know, which is a great question. This is a great question. He wanted to know if I make use of sprues. Now, for those of you that maybe don't know, I'd be very surprised, but a sprue is what all the components, all the elements of a model or a kit, whatever you want to call it, um, Come on, so they're all attached to this this sprue, this framework of plastic um, lengths, strips, um, and all the components are sort of attached to that and you, you clip them off and then you, a lot of people just discard the sprues. Now, I'd say 80% of the time, I do discard the sprues, but I also like to hang on to some of them because I think, well, I can use them. Now, I, I'm, I try to be as thrifty as I can, so sprues can be very, very useful for things like um, metal beams or even wooden beams. Um, recently, I used them for gunnels on a, uh, on a little boat thing I put together, a little pirate boat thing, futuristic pirate boat. Um, I've used them, talking of Der Red Oct- October that I, that I built uh, end of last year, 2019, to help me join the two, the, the bow and the stern of the gloom tide shipwreck, I used sprues in the hull to sort of uh, connect it all together, which worked perfectly. Um, I've also used them, like chopped them up for um, like basing bits, like metal scrap and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so Sammy, I, I'm a big fan of sprues. Um, there's some clever people out there doing uh, weird and wonderful things with sprues as well. I think if you can make use of everything that you get in a kit, that's cool. You know, from from the sprues and the, the actual components to the decals to the cardboard that the that the kit comes in. Why not, eh? So I, I hope that answers your question, Sammy. And I hope you're making use of your sprues too. If you'd like to email me for a bit of a chat, just want to say g'day, just want to say that you're enjoying the show or that you hate the show, feel free um, <laughs> by typing in imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. You can find me online, uh, imperialrebelorc on um, Instagram and also my my blog. So just, just basically Google imperialrebelorc and you'll find my platforms. What have I been up to in our beloved hobby? Well, I have finished... De Red Orktober Landship. I'm actually really excited to take some photos of this beast and put it up on my blog and up on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm. I suppose I say this with every model that I finish, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I'm I'm proud of this one. Um, it's a completely uh, scratch built, kit bashed, converted model um there you know there is none others like it on the face of the planet which is makes me smile (laughs) um the other thing i'm super proud of 
is that I have magnetized it. It's the first time I've used magnets, and um, yeah, the the upper deck comes away, so um, you can get to you know um, the cabin below, and there's a treasure chest and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, yeah, super cool, super cool, and I'm really pleased with how I've painted it. Um, it's uh, I've done a lot of weathering, like I sort of mentioned before, um, and it's, uh, yeah, it just looks really, really cool. I've painted the captain as well for who, you know, is in control of the, the red October. Um, I'm still busy painting the crew and I'm kind of keen to finish painting the crew. There's a crew of six or seven, including the captain. Um, I'm kind of keen to finish painting all of those before I put up the pictures because then it's sort of more complete in my mind. Um, but yeah, very, very excited. And I'm glad to, I'm pleased to say that I actually had a battle. I had a game last night with my friend Keith. Um, uh, we're slowly coming out of restrictions here in Victoria, Australia uh, from COVID. So um, he was able to come over, have a couple of beers. We watched The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1 together, which was just phenomenal. I'm not sure if you're into Star Wars, but you should be. Um, yeah, so it was a really good night. Um, I pitched the orcs against his Imperial Guard, and, and we had the, uh, I had the, uh, the land ship there, and it did some damage, um, but then it was taken out pretty quickly, which is unfortunate. But anyway, it still, still did a little bit of damage, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been up to. That's it for episode 40. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it, especially if you're, uh, you know, you're a veteran and you've been listening to the show from, from the start. But um, if you're not, that's okay too. But feel free to uh, backtrack. Um, I mean, yes, I'm going in a numerical order, but there's no order to my ramblings and to the topics and stuff like that, really. Um, so feel free just to look at the titles and go, oh yeah, um, is the hobby sexy? I like the look of that one, I'll have a listen. If you can, spread the word, guys. Spread it like the COVID virus. No, don't. <laughs> no, don't. Um, but, you know, tell people about it. Tell people that you think might be interested in my my crazy little podcast here. And uh, even better still, if you can go and rate it, give it a rating on iTunes, um, give me a little review. That'd be amazing too. But, uh, but that's it for me. Um, you've been listening to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. I'll see you in episode 41. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast.